Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Lord, for sending your Son to be our Good Shepherd, that we would know his voice and follow him. Lord, as we seek to do so faithfully today, we would ask that you break your words small, fit for our consumption. In your name we pray this. Amen. Good Shepherd Sunday is one of my favorite non-high church days in the whole year. And one of the reasons that I like Good Shepherd Sunday is that we actually get to dive into what it means to be a sheep. We don't often give time or consideration because doing so requires us the acknowledgement of listening and following rather than speaking. I would invite you, if you have brought your Bible along with you, to turn to our reading from John chapter 10. The whole chapter is really awesome. But we're focusing in, beginning at verse 22. At that time, the Feast of Dedication took place at Jerusalem, and it was winter. And Jesus was walking in the temple in the colonnade of Solomon. The Feast of Dedication is something that is foreign in our minds, but we might equate it and be more familiar with what we would call it today, which is the Festival of Lights, also known as Hanukkah. And in this time of celebration, Jesus is walking through the temple and is in what in other places in Scripture is called Solomon's Porch or Solomon's Portico. And within the temple space, this was outdoors. There was a shelter overhead, but it was intended to be a place of teaching and learning. And so the assumption is, as we read our text today, that as Jesus is there and the Jewish people press him, that they expect him to teach as one who has authority. And so they ask him, how long will you keep us in suspense? How long are you going to make us wait until we know for sure that you're the guy we've been waiting for? How long are we going to have to wait until we know if we put all the eggs in the wrong basket or the right one? How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Christ, then tell us plainly. And the response that Jesus gives is one that would assumably make most of us upset and possibly even angry because he says, I have already told you, and y'all didn't listen. 
I've told you and you didn't hear me. Right? As parents, as teachers, as aunts and uncles, you know how this goes because you say, don't do that. Don't touch that. Don't put that in your mouth. Don't turn that in. And then the consequences that follow are generally unpleasant. And they go, well, why did you let me? Why did you keep me in suspense waiting to know whether or not this was going to hurt me? Why didn't you tell me? And you go, I did. And y'all didn't listen. You see, there's this idea in the Gospel of John where John is written with intentionality to address this Gnostic teaching, this understanding of gnosis, of knowledge. That there is this ethereal knowledge that we have to be able to obtain to finally feel whole. And that's where we find peace. And so as the Gospel of John begins and says, the Word, the Logos, became flesh and dwelt among us, he's speaking very specifically to say, this Word, this thing that is kind of floating around that you're trying to grasp, it's in the flesh. This knowledge that you seek is present before you in the person of Jesus Christ. And so Jesus goes on to say, I told you and you did not believe. You do not believe. See, this is a phrase that he uses eight different times in the Gospel of John. You do not believe. And thus you do not know or you do not understand. And you cannot understand and you cannot know because you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not part of my flock. My sheep hear my voice. And I know them, and they follow me. See, mothers have this amazing gift, and men, I don't know why it's, it's just a gender thing, but if you put a hundred kids and a hundred moms in the same room, that mom can tell you exactly which kid that's crying is theirs. They know! Whereas, uh, men, we can just like sleep through the crying at night sometimes <laughs> to our fault and maybe failure. But there is this different thing that happens where the sheep know the voice of their shepherd because he knows them and they follow. 
So much so, in fact, that there's even accounts where as the shepherds would name their sheep and they would all kind of all these different sheep from different flocks would go into the same pen, that the shepherd could stand at the gate and go, hey, Jimmy, Joey and John, come on out. And they would know his voice. He would call them by name and they would follow. You do not believe, thus you do not know. In chapter 10, as we have spoken earlier, in verse 14, as we said with our call to worship, Jesus tells the people, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. But see, then he goes on in verse 16, and he says, I have sheep that are not of this fold and they know my voice and they follow when I call as well so that there will be one flock and one shepherd. We have this way within church life where We like to be able to separate and compartmentalize things. So we say, well, this is my church friends, right? We do this with Facebook, social media. We can put friends groups. These are my church friends. These are my work friends, if you call them that. I do. I love the people that I get to work with. And then you have this other group over here where maybe this is like the T-ball friends or the this is the friend group that you have known forever since high school or whatever it might be. Like, we like to be able to separate out because when we start mixing and there's like this oil and water kind of thing that happens, then we start to go, but what if they find out? What if they find out about my church friends? What if they find out that this guy drinks beer? What if they find out that this guy over here does some other stuff that maybe is not quite legal? What are my church friends going to say if they see me hanging out with him? And Jesus says, guess what? My sheep know my voice because I know them and they call They come when I call and they follow me. So as much as we try and say we're going to keep it all apart, Jesus goes, guess what, y'all? I'm putting y'all back in the same pen. (laughs) But see, we don't like this. The verse that we could have ended with, the next verse that follows after our reading today. It says that the Jews picked up stones again to stone him. And that's generally where we would go, and this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. And so we skip that part and we just end right before it. 
And partly because we don't like to have to acknowledge our own faults and failures. We don't like to acknowledge our own sins. And so we like to kind of engage in this trench warfare instead. And so we can kind of keep our trenches clean and we will lob grenades back and forth. And sometimes we're in trenches that are dug by our own hand. And the shepherd stands over and goes, Hey, y'all sheep! It's time to come on out! Because as much as we try and keep you apart, we are one flock with one shepherd. See, there's great hope and comfort in this. Because as scary as it might seem from time to time, when we are pushed or even step outside of our own comfort zone, when we start talking about the lost sheep. You see, I love the story of the lost sheep because that's exactly where I fall and I don't know about you, but I find great peace in knowing that when he leaves the 99, he knows exactly where to go to find the one that's missing. You see, no matter how far we wander or how badly we think we are lost, the shepherd always knows where to find us. Because he knows us by name. He calls us out by name. And we know the sound of our shepherd's voice and we follow. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. I and the Father are one. We are bound up together by the shepherd. We are bound up together as he calls us by name in holy baptism and says, you are mine. You belong in my house. You are a part of my family. You have a seat at my table. You know my voice because I know you. And when I call, you follow. So that we know with great confidence and hope that God always gets the glory now and forevermore. Amen.